Hey, I'm Jeffrey Masters, and this is LGBTQ and A. Today, I'm talking with Isis King. Most of you know Isis from America's Next Top Model, where she was the first openly trans person to be a finalist. This was back in 2008, and as we talk about, it was a really different time for trans people in the media. Isis overnight became one of the most visible trans people in the world, and that came with challenges. So we talk about that, as well as the great impact that Paris is burning had on her life. It's super interesting. But before we get to it, please go subscribe, rank us five stars, and leave a comment on iTunes. Specifically, leaving a comment on iTunes is such a big help for us, so big thank you for that. And then don't forget that our old home at AfterBuzz TV is the number one place for after-show discussions, so check them out there. All right, without further ado, here's Isis. So you're best known as being the first openly trans contestant on America's Next Top Model. The only finalist on America's Next Top Model that was trans. The only finalist. Yes. Yes. Uh, That was 10 years ago, which is a very different time. Next year will be 10 years. And I actually think I want to remake of like my original images from the show. Oh, that's so fun. Um, I bring it up though because of such a different time in terms of trans representation. Did you know joining the show that you'd instantly become one of the most visible trans people in the world? I had no idea that, that I would be thrown into it. And I had no idea that it wasn't time, you know, it, it was a, it was a really different time than it is now. Um, but I really took that responsibility seriously after once I got off the show, I remember this gay guy sent me a message on MySpace, which was a really long time ago. He told me that he was about to commit suicide and that my story helped him see that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And when I read that that letter, I was just like, okay, this is way bigger than me. And at some points, I feel like it, it overwhelmed me to be this, you know, person to kind of inspire other people. But I really took the role seriously and tried to live my best life in order to help people see that they can also, like, follow their dreams and not allow who they were or whatever's holding them back to hold them back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there was like a massive learning curve for the media and how they covered trans people. And I think someone needed to be first. And I think that for a lot of people, it was you just in terms. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I remember you were on like the Tyra Banks show afterward. Yeah. And even three times, three times. Yeah. Even like the language has changed so much. Like they were saying, like, you know, like ISIS was born a boy, yeah. which would never happen now. Or, or I used to tell them to say born in the wrong body. But even just recently, I've accepted and have vocalized the word transsexuality because I think it's important right now. And, you know, there are so many different uh, things in the umbrella and so much more awareness. But I think sometimes transsexuals get lost in the mix um, because our experiences are so different. And for a long time, I've hated the word because of the stigma with it. But I recently um, just accepted it. And yeah, so it went from born around body to for a long time being known as trans or transgender. And now I want to be known as transsexual. Uh, can I ask what, um, what the difference for you is between like transsexual and transgender? Because I usually well, hear it interchanged. Well, it's different because the word trans or transgender is an umbrella term for Everybody, you know, uh, gender nonconforming, uh, drag, uh, transsexuals, there's so many different things, but transsexuals have a really different experience. And it's not to take away from anyone else, but it's just to differentiate, you know, our experiences. Yeah. 
Um, we had Alexandra Gray on the podcast and yes, she mentioned, my girl. yeah, <laughs> she mentioned watching you on the show and how it changed her entire life. Yeah. Uh, did you have somebody like that where you saw like a trans person in the media? No. Nothing. Well, well you know, I take that back. I saw, uh, Octavia Saint on Paris is Burning and that was not the first trans person I saw in media, but it was the first time I saw someone who I related to because before that it was just Jerry Springer or Murray. So when I saw her, uh, I was in college, I, I was 20 years old and I knew that this was the way that I was going to transition. I knew that I didn't have the outlet. I didn't have the resources. I didn't have the connections and that I would find the ballroom scene, which I found through MySpace again. And I actually found Octavia Saint before she passed away and she, I ran my name past her and she approved it. And that was really awesome because I wanted to get to meet her and, and she passed before we got to meet. Oh, wow. But but she was the person. I was like, wow, she want to be a supermodel. She wants to be this, that. She's so regal. And I was like, wow. So there are different types of, of women out there, you know, that are not just like trying to show the world that, that they're passing or not passing. There's more to it. And she just had this regalness to her. And I was like, I need to find this barroom saying this is going to be the way that I find the resources to transition. And that's what I did. Wow. So that's, you sought community out there via the, the ballroom scene. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And did you only know about the ballroom scene because of the documentary? Yes. Oh, wow. I was, I was, I lived in a bubble. I was very isolated. I didn't go to my first club to a week before my 21st birthday. And I was just an isolated kid. So it took me to move to New York. Um, even I went to college in Philly and I never went out or did anything. I would just come home. I was in a bubble, you know, so moving to New York and I found different people from the ballroom scene on MySpace and I ended up moving to New York within a few weeks. I joined a house and they helped me with the resources. Wow. Um, what categories did you do? Uh, I started off with realness for the, well, the, my very first real ball was runway and realness. Um, my main category was runway and then it was face. And then I stopped with the realness because I felt like the category is based on who looked the most like quote unquote a woman. And I felt like nobody could, nobody can really dictate that, you know, and it's how you feel. And I just feel like I didn't need to walk it, you know, not by how I looked, but just by how I felt about myself and knowing that I was a woman and I didn't need validation for that. So my main categories has always been runway and secondary was face. And so you found it to be like a welcoming place. You said like they showed you resources and whatnot. Yeah, it it started that way. <laughs> I had a really interchange, like really interesting experiences uh, in the in the barroom scene. But but yeah, definitely I would say without the barroom scene, I would not have maybe had the courage or had would have done it that soon. I mean, I transitioned at twenty one. But outside of that, also, the barroom scene helped me with uh, my competitive side. It helped me to keep my head up when I don't win. And it helped me to be battle ready at all times. And that helped me with Top Model. Oh, wow. Yeah. You said that Octavia St. Laurent approved your name? So originally, I went out once and I was like, oh, let's go with Kat. You know, my name is Kat. Or no, it was Kitty. It was Kitty. One of the two. And um, Kitty King. <laughs> yeah. No, well, just, just Kitty. Oh, just Kitty. Yeah, yeah. So I went out for my 21st birthday, which was a week after the first time I went to a club. And it was my first time at a gay club because the first time was at a straight club. My first time going out dressed up. So that was a wreck. Like, I was so nervous. And it was like a hood club. So I really like 
that was a lot. I'm glad I got through it because it could have went a whole different direction. But anyway, so after the first time I went out, I was like, I need to find a real name. And I kept looking at myself. I was really big on cat eyes at the time. I had jet black hair and I was, I love goddesses. And I was like, what's the most powerful name I can come up with? And the most powerful name is Isis, who's the mother of all goddesses. So before her name recently got tainted, but that's what, that's what the name means. So to me, that's the most powerful name. So I remember reaching back out to Octavia through MySpace and I was just like, I have a couple names. This is the one I'm really leaning towards. What do you think about it? And she approved it. She said, I love the name. It's fitting. You're beautiful. It's going to be amazing. And I was like, okay, if she approves it, then I'm in the right direction. And since then I've been ISIS. That's so nice. Um, is it so weird now that ISIS is a terrorist organization? Uh, it's weird because I get so many death threats and so many uh, horrible messages through Twitter based on my name. You're kidding. Way more, way more like horrible things than when I transitioned, which was bad. I was the first wave of cyberbullying. So to say now that this is worse and that is, yeah, I block people all the time and report people all the time. Wow. Did you see Paris is Burning like as a coincidence? Like how did you find it? Uh, I had a boyfriend at the time um, and he wanted, he was like, oh, this movie. I forgot where we watched it at. Um, well, we were at his house, but I forgot like if it was a DVD or something. It was like a burnt copy or something. And when I watched it, he definitely didn't think I was going to take to the trans women. He just wanted me to see culture because he, he was a lot older than me. And he knew that I had no connection to to LGBT culture. At I moved to Philly between 17, the end of 17, right after high school through 20. And like I, I was so isolated growing up, so I didn't know anything. So when I saw that, the thing I connected most with was the house family, but mainly Octavia. And like, this is the first time I'm seeing a trans woman have a articulate conversation and just showing confidence and power, and she's in control and being celebrated. Yeah, and, and I, I, I guess like, I'm, wow, wow. I guess I'm just fascinated because had you not seen that documentary and Transville were not as public in the media. Like, where would you have found this? Uh, it was no, it was no, no one was public in the media right. at the time to mind that I, that I was aware of. I mean, that was a documentary, but yeah, I did, nobody in the media. What would have happened? I don't know. I mean, it took me to get out that relationship. It was a really abusive relationship and, and I ended up going to therapy for domestic violence for that. When I moved back home, I was 20 and the counselor, um, we got to this point where she was trying to get me to realize that I should come before everybody else's opinions about me, whether it's boyfriend or family or whoever. So once it, one day I was sitting there with her and it clicked, I was like, you're right. I can't let anyone else dictate what I want to do with my life. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm transitioning. And she was like, what are you talking about? And that was the moment. So I think it would have still happened. But I think I maybe not have had the right direction. You know, I don't think it would have been that easy because, you know, it really did help me a lot. But I knew that that's how I always felt. And it took me to get out of this really bad relationship and talk to this person to kind of put all the pieces together. At that moment, once I decided that, once I said I'm not going to let people dictate who I am anymore... I already knew. I said, I'm going to find these connections and I'm moving to New York to transition because that's where the, that's where the opportunity is going to be. And I planned out about six months of working this retail job and, 
Yeah, I literally moved up and did everything that I said I was going to do. Wow. And then how soon after that did you get on the top model? Yeah, so so I moved there a, a week after I turned 21. And I mean, not a week, I'm sorry. I moved there a month after I turned 21. And then I was in a background of top model first. Wait, let me get this right. Okay. So I was in... <laughs> It came later. So I moved there first. I was standing like right outside of New York and Jersey for six months. And then um, I ended up running out of money. So I ended up moving to the shelter, Alley Forney Center. And right when I moved in, it was the same week I started hormones. So the first six months, I, I started living full time, but I wasn't taking hormones. So I started taking hormones. And that next October, I was asked to be... No, yeah, yeah, I was asked to be in the background of Top Model, which was, I was still 21, but it was like the fall of 2007. And I was in the background, and a few months after being in the background, before it aired, I started getting calls like, people in high places want you to, you know, come back and be on the show and audition. And, and then I was just like, you know, I originally asked him, asked Mr. J, has there ever been a girl? And, you know, he kind of told me there were girls that auditioned and it got, you know, certain parts, but never made it all the way on. And I was like, should I? He was like, you should go for it. So I started thinking, I thought I want to do it, but I think I just want to live a, a life and just become a famous fashion designer not like be known for being trans because I think that that would overtake my entire life. So I was like, no, I don't want to do it. And they start calling, calling, calling. And then I end up saying yes. That happened so fast. It happened fast. I was on, I was filming Top Model less than a year of being on hormones. And by the time it aired, we filmed in like March, April, May, June of 2000. In what? 2008. And then um, it aired like August. And at that point I was 22 and I was on hormones for less than a year. Wow, I just can't believe we were talking about how you were suddenly became such a visible trans person in mm -hmm. the world. Um, I just can't believe you did and that so And I was so a baby. Young. Yeah, you were 22. That's uh, wild. 22 balls are new on hormones and not experienced and not a, really aware. And I think that if I was more set in who I was, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have done it. You know, maybe. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people always say, you had it so easy. And I'm just like, no, the, the way I dealt with things were different. The way things were dealt to me were different. I just had different struggles, you know? I was forced to transition quick in a sense. But then after the show, I took a, a while to kind of figure out who I was because I was already used to between the ballroom scene and top model being judged on every single thing, you know? And I wanted to figure out who I was without being judged. So so I kind of went away a little bit to, to figure myself out. Oh, you're being judged on top model and as, as a career but also like in life probably like yeah. transitioning yeah I mean every, but it's also at the beginning so I have embedded in my head like you have to do this right you have to do you have to be perfect and then after top model you're a role model so it's just like you have to be perfect at all moments especially as a black transsexual woman that that has the biggest like taboo you know and, and the biggest stereotypes about us and i just felt like i had to be perfect i had to do everything right i can't experience all these other things i have to be on a straight and narrow because i represent so many people because i have to inspire so many people and it became 
it kind of became really heavy. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. And, and so you were on the show in 2008. Originally. Originally. Yeah. The first time. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just thinking about Laverne Cox as being this big mainstream crossover moment. Mm -hmm. That wasn't until 2013. Yeah. I mean, this is like pretty like well, way the, before. Me and Laverne, we both came out on TV originally in 2008. Um, but yeah, yeah. The moment really started to happen way later. And I always wonder, like, if Top Model happened later, what would have happened, you know? But but everything happens for a reason. So. Yeah. But I just think, like, someone kind of had to be the first trans person on talk shows giving, like, Trans 101, you know? And by default, it kind uh, of added to, went to you. I remember, I remember when, what year was this? I didn't have boobs yet, so it was, like, 2009. I, it was, like, the week Michael Jackson passed. I remember it being on uh, Larry King Live, and it was kind of me and... Uh, Alexis Arquette kind of going at it, you know, she was like, well, I want to be known as this. I want to be known as this, you know, and I feel like through all the talk shows I did, I kind of had to play that education moment, you know, through Ty Rochelle or Larry Kane or Joy Behar was a moment with me and Laverne and Chaz and we all kind of had a huge you know, moment for Don Lemon. <laughs> oh my God, that was so but, embarrassing. <laughs> it's, it's been interesting, you know, but but definitely the wave of the moment is is more recent. Yeah. Yeah. It, and I think like in the media is just like still trying to figure out, or not figure out, they have finally started to figure out how to cover trans people. Finally, and I think that even... Um, what's going on with Transparent and My Sister's Van and Trace. And I, I think that all of it is going to have a big shakeup in, in media for trans people and awareness and giving us what's ours, you know, and treating us how we should be treated. We're not objects. We're not creatures. We are people. Yeah. And, and the moment started to happen a few years ago, but... Uh, I feel like 2018 is really going to be our year. I, I think so. And going so. forward, period. Yeah. <laughs> and I think so with like Pose coming out too. Ugh. And my, I don't know, like almost everybody in the cast. Janet is one of my sisters. Uh, Dominique is my sister who's on the cast. Like, I'm just so happy. And I can't wait because obviously that's going to take me somewhere, you know, seeing as though I saw the documentary and it was a huge influence in my life. Yeah, I think too, I'm most excited about making so many new transgender actors household names. Yeah. Because then they can go off and like lead their own TV shows. Exactly. Because like Transparent is I'm a massive fan of and it's like this trailblazing show, but it doesn't have a single series regular that is a trans person. Mm. And that's crazy. Yeah. Alexandra Billings is recurring, but she's on a series regular. Yeah. Have you seen a big difference? Um, in the modeling industry and how they like treat trans women? Um, not really. But I moved to LA a year and a half ago. I don't know if you know, but to pursue my acting. And um, but I've been acting since two thousand nine. And and I would say with both modeling and acting, I'm just now starting to see a little bit different. Um but it's especially hard, I would say, for no, I can't even say that. It's just hard. It's still hard. You know, as far as modeling, you know, it's just like back in the day when it was that one black model. You know, if you put a trans model in there, okay, you know, but I just hope that those trans models are also getting paid and not just like trade or exposure because it don't matter how many you put on the runway. How can we pay our bills if you're not paying us? Yeah. You know, if you want to just have that one huge model 
and then get give everybody else trade or, or just exposure, that's not going to help them pay the bills, especially for a trans person who's trying to live a life of like fashion. Yeah. I was in New York a couple weeks ago and there's a massive billboard in the West Village with Hari Neff. And mm. she's selling some like pixel, like a Google cell phone or something or another. And it took my breath away, one, to see a trans model on a billboard. Um, but also it wasn't for something about being trans. Mm. She's just selling this cool new technology. Nice. And so I was like, oh, this is a good step forward in that. And you said you're pursuing acting. Are you, do you be, are you seen for like mainly only trans roles? Honestly, it's a mix. I would say it is more, and that's always something with my agents, even even with my commercial agents, like to try to get them to understand, like I want to do both. I don't want to just, you know, do trans stuff, you know, because if I'm like the, the girl next door or the teacher or the nurse, like what does that have to do with being trans, you know? Um, so yeah, so it's a mix, but I will say with like Pose and with, you know, Laverne's show that, that, was out and even like Orange is a New Black, each time there are trans people on TV, um, it definitely helped more roles to open up. So um so yeah, I'm looking forward to to the future of roles. Good. Yeah. You you mentioned um living in a shelter before. Mm-hmm. Um I can't believe that you went from a shelter right to this hit T V show. Yeah. That's kind of wild. Without money. So after the show I kinda of went back to nothing. <laughs> Did you go back to the shelter after? No, because I knew that that it was about to like come on and I didn't know what my life would be like. So I started sleeping on the couch on the floor of my house father. Oh, wow. Yeah, for a little bit before I kind of left, left the house, left the scene. Um, Do you worry about money now? Oh, definitely. Oh, that's the, like any kind of stress or depression I have is always centered around money because I've always just tried to have this career based on art like before I moved here a year and a half ago well not even a year and a half ago a year ago I was in New York and I was pursuing you know hosting and modeling and acting but also had a full-time job as a Mac makeup artist so it's like without that constant like regular day-to-day check it's kind of like I moved here just to pursue this so it's been really hard on Instagram this summer, you posted about your weight gain journey, how you've been trying to gain weight. Do you mind me asking? I lost most of it. Oh, no. Which is really depressing. But but yeah, we can't talk about the current journey. Okay, because you've been trying to gain weight. At this post, you said you'd gain 25 pounds. At the most, I gained 30. Wow. Yeah, in like like a few months, like three, four months. And then I was taking this uh, appetite stimulator. and, And once I stopped taking it, (laughs) <laughs> I kind of was like, oh, okay. Oh, first I was like, wait, I'm getting all this weight. I'm going to get my money together. I'm going to go get a Brazilian because that's the goal. Let's be honest. That's the goal. Um, I mean, not even just that, but just wait, being... Wait, what's the goal? To get to get it taken out and put in my hips. <laughs> I mean, well, even before that, honestly, I've always just wanted to gain weight my entire life. Like, I was 110 pounds for over, like, 15 years. So, like, naturally... And I hated it and everybody just assumed like, oh, you want to be skinny or like I always had a complex, but nothing I did would ever make me gain weight. Uh, so I started taking this appetite simulator and it made me like it, it holds the weight, but also make you gain weight and make you hungry, more hungry. So I was doing that and I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting so thick. I liked it everywhere else except for my midsection. But I was like, I'm going to get that taken out. 
if I had my money, to, if I had my coins together for it already, I would already went and did it. But I was like, mm, I don't have it. So it's just so compelling to hear a pretty woman, let alone a model, talking about trying to gain weight. You know? Yeah. If people always say, what about your mom? I'm like, hey, I'm an actress too. And I'm a woman too, outside of being a model. You know, everyone, it's hard because until I do something bigger than top model, I'm always known as a top model, a reality star. And the reality is I've been pursuing acting just as long as almost the same as modeling. And, and outside of that, you know, so, I'm so many more things. And I just kind of stumbled across, you know, I mean, granted in a barroom scene, I was always walking. I was training girls how to walk in high school and college, but let's be real, I'm only 5'7". So I never just took trying to be a model seriously. And then I kind of stumbled into being in the background of top model. And I'm like, let me show you my ballroom poses. And they loved me. So from there, I kind of shifted my whole entire focus and career uh, after being on top model. Uh, but yeah, about the weight, it's just like, I'm more than just a model, you yeah. know? And also I've always, my entire life, I was seen since a little teeny kid, like little teeny kid about my weight. And I never wanted to just be skinny. So after I stopped, I stopped taking it because I was like, okay, let me give it a break. Or I don't have another bottle of this stuff. And then I just started losing it partially, maybe because of depression, honestly. Um, but yeah, I don't like that. The loss it, but when I get the money together, <laughs> I want to start taking it again. Now that I know that it just disappears like that, I'm going to start taking it again. And then when it's time, I'm going to just, da-da, like do Anna Nicole, like my body. You're the only woman in Hollywood <laughs> who talks about getting money in order to like gain weight. <laughs> but the thing is, everyone thinks, except for my mom, because she gets it at my best friend, Corey, everybody thinks I'm weird when I talk about it. Like every time I talk about like, oh my God, I'm gaining weight. Look, I got on a scale, more five pounds. And everybody look at me like I'm an alien. Because Especially like, in LA. Yeah. I have the high, the fastest metabolism out of anybody you'll ever meet. Like when I'm on the phone talking, I'll be pacing the floor like for the whole time. And I just always been like that with a fast metabolism. And, you know, I think it, it held on better than maybe it would have in my 20s, the weight, you know, but, but yeah, I've, I've lost at least half of it. Wow. Which sucks. You, you mentioned depression. Yeah. Little, little known. Yeah. Is that like something diagnosed that you're like in a treatment for? No. Or is it more of like a, just like, a, I don't know, like we say, like depression is like kind of like common vernacular nowadays. I just never know. Um, <laughs> I kind of didn't go forward with, with, with it, you know, I'm kind of dealing with it on my own, which I know is not really the right thing maybe to do, but yeah, moving cross country was a big part of it, you know, um, and money, money is always like the big part, you know, just trying to follow your dreams. That's the one who comes from a, a low income family, you know, where my entire family is like struggling and always has my entire life. So it was not like I never had that type of backing, you know, like family. And I mean, my family is really supportive though, but you know, like at one point I was sending home money home to my mom to help her, you know? So, and she'll give her last, but I'm like, mommy, no, you know? Uh, I mean, the first thing that I thought of when you said that was, uh, the tweet that is pinned to the top of your profile on Twitter, which is that the average lifespan of a black trans woman is 35 years old. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't, and that combined with the fact that this is the deadliest year on record for trans mm-hmm. women, which I know I don't need to tell you. Yeah. Um, how can that not weigh on you? Yeah. I mean, just, just living as a transsexual woman in these days to be a, a, as a black transsexual woman too, um, as a woman, as a transsexual woman, as a black transsexual woman, it's, it's tough, you know, it's tough when you also want to just follow your dreams. And I feel like I've been blessed in my career, you know, um, to just kind of do what I've wanted to do. Yeah. Not to ask like a hacky question, but that those things are such like real and like sobering facts. Mm-hmm. How, like, where do you find like hope? You know, like how, how do you deal with that on a daily basis? Do you like not think about it? Do you just like honor it and like move on? Um, it's been hard, you know, I don't know if I think maybe a little bit of everything you said mixed with now and I kind of have a, a network of powerful transsexual women that I know in Hollywood and, you know, Lady J, Janet Mock, uh, Deja, who's a credible makeup artist. Um, yeah, so, so many women, Alexandra, you know, so many beautiful transsexual women who are, you know, finally getting their moment, you know, uh, Dominique, who is one of the principal on, um, on Pose. She was also in Strut with me. Also know her from the ballroom scene and to see her finally have her moment being such a positive person and a mentor and a wife and to see her have her moment. That's so inspiring to me. So I think that what helps me out, I think just trying to continue to be a positive person is ultimately what, what helps me out because I, I think that I just think hang in there because something is meant for me. Something major is meant for me and, and I know it and I believe it and I can't give up. Yeah. And that, that's what always pulled me like slap me in my face when it gets rough. That's very inspiring. Yeah. It's rough right now. So it's laughing me currently. No, of but, course. Uh, but, but yeah, that, that's what really, you know, knowing that I'm surrounded by love, I think that's really important, whether it's family or chosen family. Um, just remembering that, that you are loved and you matter. Um, and you have to keep going because it is going to continue to get easier for the generations after us as long as we continue to fight and persevere. Yeah. While you're giving, doling out advice, good advice, by the way, uh, you were mentioning living in a shelter Mm -hmm. in New York City. And I think all the time about the stat, which is that 40% of homeless youth are LGBTQ people. Mm -hmm. And that's so staggering to me. What advice do you give to those kids, to people who are in a shelter or looking for a shelter, like to hopefully get out and improve their situation? When I was in the shelter, one thing I learned from my mom, because when we were kids, at one point we slept in a car for a few days and then we went into a shelter. You never know what was going on in her life at work. She always seemed polished and put together. And once it came out in a doc, once it came on top model that I was in a shelter, I remember people at my job that I worked at were like, whoa, we never knew. And I think that no matter what you have, I used to go to like Joyce Leslie or like Pretty Girl, which was like these really, really, really cheap clothing stores or even thrift stores, which I still love thrifting. But I can take $5 and make it look like a million, you know? And I think that it's important that no matter what you're going through, like the way you present yourself, that does matter. 
as as shallow as it sounds because it's going to make you feel better and you can go out there and get that job and and just go and they don't have to know what's going on. They don't know that I lived in a shelter, you know, and I just kept it separate. And I think that keeping my living situation separate from me trying to persevere and like have a career, have a job is what helped me get through it because I kept it. Honestly, I was excited to get to work. We had music and I, it was just a whole nother life. And that was me expressing myself before I went back to the shelter with so many rules, you know? So yeah, that that's what helped me get through. So what I would tell people is, continue to put your best face forward because one day it's going to be reality if you believe it. So it's like a fake it till you make it kind of thing. Yeah. I believe so much in that. Uh, I mean, here though, they're just like, no, you know, even manager, like, you know, you just have to, I'm like, no, I don't want to fake it. If you ask me how am I doing, I'm going to tell you I'm not doing good today. It's kind of rough. You know, I went through this, I went through it and I'm like, oh, you don't have Trump to tell is people. still that. president. Oh, <laughs> let's not get started on that. But, um, but yeah, in the sense of being in shelter or trying to, you know, not in a sense of like, oh, I'm going to act like I'm super rich and like, I love this glamour. It's like, no, I don't. That is just like, be you. People, people love authenticness. Yeah. That's how you say it. So, you know, that's, that's separate. Like just trying to, just trying to like look rich or a certain way for social media is different than you putting, I don't believe that's putting your best face forward. You know, I think putting your best face forward is just having good energy and just not allowing your circumstances to dictate who you are or, or how you're going to present yourself or how you're going to act towards other people. That, that's putting your best face forward until you become that person and everything works itself out. I love that. In an interview, you once said that you thought in a past life that you were a mermaid. Oh, definitely. Did you actually believe A mermaid and a goddess? <laughs> uh, I do. I do. I said, no, if it was like a, you like joking around. No, I do feel like that. Um, I have this eerie connection with water and I, of course I always try to find out why, like look it up. Like my sign is air sign. Like, it's not that like, what is it? I have this, this thing with water and I just know that it's deeper than, than my mind will allow me to take or think. Water meaning like you love like swimming and like the I ocean. I love swimming. I love the ocean. I remember uh, one time, both times on, I was on top model, um, they would say, you know, everybody's going to sleep and I would still be in the water. I would just be like floating there. I love to just lay back and float. And I could do that for a really long time. And I just, I love it. And I feel like I have a connection with it that is, that I can't even understand. And I do believe that I was. And also I feel like I was a goddess, definitely. I still believe I'm a goddess. With the name Isis. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's for all girls out there, name Isis, like... We're being bullied and you know it's it's tough and i think that we have to call on that goddess energy to kind of just keep us strong yeah i mean i think that you people would be surprised to learn how like nerdy you are like you like super oh i'm so nerdy how do you know and those are super those are goddesses right well like i'm thinking like storm oh you love. it's from yeah. x-men well, well number one storm is like my everything that's not even get started because this whole rest of this conversation will be about storm i lo- i'm obsessed what is it about her everything uh she came in my life at a really interesting time when i was seven and when i first saw her on the first episode of x-men october 31st 1992 for saturday morning cartoons um she just represents like kind of similar to what octavia you know and my mom like regalness power confidence beauty 
um, she's such a nurturer. She's so vulnerable, but she's like so strong and so powerful. And that's always all the things that I want to be. Regal, elegant, strong, nurturing. It's everything. So when I saw her and saw how vulnerable she was and how beautiful, but also super powerful, I was like, wow. You know, and she was like the first black superhero. So I'm like, wow, this beautiful woman like I want to be her I'm gonna sound so ignorant but was she black in the comics yeah Storm Storm is black oh I didn't know that yeah her uh her father is a New Yorker and her mother is from Africa and she was raised in Africa wow yeah sometimes she get they tend to make her a little lighter sometimes but but Storm is a beautiful chocolate woman and yeah I mean, family. Storm is a goddess. Sounds mm. like that's like the kind of like women and like you look up to. Uh, always. She's like the ultimate, like the ultimate. She was, I mean, other than my mom, but she was the first person I saw. Even though she was a cartoon, she was the first person I wanted to be. And I still do. And she inspires my design. She's inspires like so many things in my life since, since a little kid. Designs meaning your fashion. Yeah. Is that what you thought you'd be doing before top model? I mean, I still, I still design. I've, I've hit like a kind of creative block uh, moment, but I designed both my outfits for the Glad Awards and made them this year because I went to one in New York and one in here. Uh, but growing up, I wanted to be a world-renowned fashion designer, and I won a full scholarship to go to college for design. And then I, that was the reason, one of the reasons I was moving to New York. I just said, I'm moving to New York for design and transitioning. <laughs> but, but those were the two reasons. Um, Did you not tell anybody that you were transitioning before you moved to New York? Uh, well, I told them I had the conversation with my mom, which she wasn't happy with, but I already saved my money and it was like, this is what I'm doing. Um, but I kind of mentioned it, but I kind of put it behind. I don't even really know if I said transition. I said I'm trans, but, you know, I just... I'm going to dress up sometime, but once I actually moved, I'm like, this is it. Gotcha. But, but designing when I first moved, it was, I was hitting up Bessie Johnson, ironically, who I ended up walking for. I hit up uh, Heather Red and I hit up some of these really funky designers. I was trying to get an internship, um, another internship, because I had one right out of college. And yeah, top model happened. And I kind of pushed it to the side and I kind of pulled it out when for to walk balls or to walk a red carpet. It was like my favorite time to design. And I've had like clients through the years that I have made stuff for, but mainly it was for me. Yeah. I just feel like when I design, I design clothes that are made for goddess and I want them to be worn a certain way. Yeah, I mean, I saw some of your designs. You design with a lot of metallics, you know, that is mystical. (laughs) (laughs) I love metallics. I love bright colors, I love metallics. Uh, Donatello and Gianni Versace were always my favorite designers and I just love bold confident women strong women uh sexy like all that wrapped into one and and that's what that's who I design for I design for goddesses I have to let you go soon but um you were saying that you're more than just a model and we hear about acting and design is it weird that in the very beginning of this I said that you're most known as being a model from America's Next Top Model no it's it's not weird because even like I shot a film in the Philippines, you know, uh, some years back and I've done, uh, cameos and stuff. You're on Shameless this year. Uh, but the thing is, I know that, and it also made it hard for me sometimes with roles because they just look at me as a reality star. I've been on three shows, three reality shows at this point. 
I get that I need to do something bigger than Top Top Model is a major show. Um, and it goes back 15 years, you know? So I know that I'm going to just be known as the Top Model, which is still not a bad, it's not a bad title. But until I do a, have an acting role that's bigger than Top Model, I'm just going to be known as the model or the Top Model, which sucks sometimes because I'm so much more. But, um... But I, I accept that, and it's still a very prestigious title, um, so I honor it. And that's our show. Make sure you check Isis out on Instagram and Twitter. She's at Ms. Isis King. That's M-S Isis King. And then I'm on Twitter at JeffMasters1. Tweeting at me is the easiest way to connect if you want to recommend a guest. You can also join our newsletter. That is at LGBTQpodcast.com. And then don't forget to please subscribe, rank us five stars, and leave a comment on iTunes. It is such a big help for us. Special thanks to Elon University in Los Angeles, AfterBuzz TV, and all of you for listening. We'll see you next week.